Welcome to the Whale Scout Podcast, everyone. My name is Whitney Nagebauer. Today we are joined by Joseph Bogard. He is the executive director of Save Our Wild Salmon Coalition. And, you know, we've been talking a, a few times over this last year or so with all the developments that are going on with the Snake River. Um, but today I think we are going to be talking about some of the most promising news to date. Um, Joseph, how are you doing today? Welcome back. Uh, I'm good, Whitney. Thanks for uh, thanks for the, the the invitation to join you on your podcast. So, for those who are new to the issue, the four lower Snake River dams contribute to the mortality of salmon. They're important to the diet of southern resident killer whales. Um, some scientists have said that the recovery of the whales, in fact, is you know may not even be possible without recovering these salmon populations. Um, of course, importantly, these salmon are, are critical to the tribes of the area. And the dams were, of course, built and constructed by people of the region who use them for transportation, irrigation, and energy. Um, so we've teased some of this good news, but I'll also mention that it comes from perhaps a surprising person from a surprising state. Um, Joseph, I'll let you explain this recent proposal and, and how it came about. Great, thanks, uh, Whitney. Um, so, what 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 occurred recently um, after you know quite a bit of uh, uh, discussion and, and anticipation is an announcement from uh, a congressman out of Idaho, uh, Mike Simpson, uh, Republican. Uh, in in what he in in early February he served up um, uh, a proposal for the region and invited. Um, uh, feedback and engagement by other members of Congress, the Northwest governors, um, you know, stakeholders like you know, energy leaders um, um, and and agricultural leaders, as well as just Northwest people. Um, and in in what he um, has proposed uh, is a is a big, bold, ambitious. Um, uh, comprehensive package uh, that that aims to uh, uh, address a set of linked issues, uh, solve a set of linked problems, and meet a set of linked needs uh, in the region. And and I I was talking with a reporter yesterday, and we were just commenting on the fact that this kind of sort of big, bold, ambitious. Uh, proposal, um, you know, it's, I just don't think there's a lot of people, including myself, uh, in the region uh, who you know have uh, sort of a history or experience with with these kinds of of approaches. Um, I think they were much more common uh, a few decades ago. Um, you know, people think about. Scoop Jackson or or Senator Magnuson, um, who are often responsible for assembling and moving forward big sort of packages that touched on uh, a, you know a number of different issues and sectors, um, and and in that regard, um, you know this is um, uh, you know I think people are, are sort of still in the process of getting their their arms around it and 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 trying to understand it. Um, uh, but it's a it, it 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 you know it, it is a it is a, a it's a big uh, and promising uh, proposal and approach to solving a set of problems that link to um, salmon, 
on the Snake River, uh, but also across the region. Uh, and we can, o- over the course of this conversation, get into a little more details about what this looks like. It also includes uh, a set of investments uh, in the energy system, uh, the transportation system, in particular, the sort of shipping, port uh, infrastructure uh, in the Columbia Snake system and regionally. Um, um, uh, there are, there's a, um, f- monies provided to help uh, farmers and others address ongoing water quality challenges in the region. Um, the, the approach is, is concentrated in, in sort of addressing and dealing with uh, Columbia Basin, um, that it, with issues and items in the Columbia Basin, but it, but it also includes a, a, an approach and has implications for, you know, folks across the Northwest, including even people in, in Southeast Alaska that, that, that may fish for uh, uh, f- uh, salmon that originate and return to the Columbia Basin. So um, the price tag um, is $33 billion. It's a, it's a big uh, proposal. Um, and, and I think I just want to, I'll, I'll close for the moment by emphasizing that um, what Mr. Simpson has proposed is, is just that. It's a proposal. Um, uh, you know, I think from the perspective of various folks, including uh, myself, uh, it needs some improvement and refinement. It, you know, it's going to need input from our Washington state uh, members of Congress to make sure it's fit best as, as best as it can be for um, uh, for Washington state. Um, and, you know, we're certainly encouraged by the development and, and also encouraging of, uh, you know, folks in the region, regular people, if you will, but also stakeholder leaders and members of Congress to engage in this process and figure out how we can take advantage of it. And, and really sort of, I think help again, meet needs and, 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 and solve problems that, 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 you know, sort of you're at the core in many ways of the culture and economy and ecology of the Pacific Northwest. What is the significance of the fact that it was a Republican who um, first came out and proposed this? And is the new administration going to have any effect on whether this is successful or not, in your opinion? Um. Uh, good questions, uh, Whitney. I, I mean, I think that there, the, the Mike Mike Simpson is um, someone who has experience, uh, um, you know, bringing different folks together and 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 sort of fashioning packages and deals. Um, he, as a Republican in Idaho, led the effort to protect the Boulder White Clouds Wilderness Area. Um, in uh, in the heart of Idaho, uh, and that was a, a sort of you know big uh, uh, and complicated undertaking with lots of different and competing stakeholders. Um, this is bigger, of course, and it, it of course in, involves uh, tribal nations and and multiple states and jurisdictions. Um, and so this is a this is a, a a heavier lift for sure. But the 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 fact that it that a um, you know. Uh, you know, a Republican has in, in the current environment where we've got, you know, Congress for the moment is controlled by Democrats. Uh, and, and then, of course, a White House that um, is led by, 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 by President Biden. Um, 
it, I think it provides a, a tremendous opportunity for, uh, you know, uh, a, a serve, if you will, to to the other uh, uh, policymakers in Oregon and Washington to um, to work together in a bipartisan way to find um, uh, a way forward that, you know, I think meets the, the needs of various, uh, you know, sectors and communities and ecologies, if you will, uh, in the region. Um, so huge opportunity. I think it's a it's an unusual serve um, uh, from a Republican, um, you know, sort of given the, the types of challenges we face as a nation with sort of sense of divisiveness and polarization um, that, 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 that are, that's occurring in, in Congress. I actually think that when you talk to real people, uh, uh, citizens, voters, um, there's quite a bit more support for collaboration, working together and problem solving than uh, you see reflected in Congress. And I think that what Mr. Simpson's done is, um, uh, is, is, you know, it's exactly the kind of approach he's encouraging. He wants the conversation, the dialogue, the collaboration and the progress on a set of issues that's important to, you know, his district, to Idaho and, and to our whole region. Could you break down a little bit about what this proposal is is trying to accomplish and explain to us what parts of it you believe are going to be really important and successful um, and if there are any components that you find problematic? Yeah, so um, as I understand it, the, 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 the issue that in many ways brought Congressman Simpson, uh, uh, you know, in uh, attracted him um, is is the the plight of Idaho salmon, as he as he refers to them. Of course, um, these are uh, Idaho salmon or salmon that that you know all salmon that get to Idaho do so through the, through the Snake River, and so. Um, but of course, um, it, it, it's fine if the congressman wants to refer to those as Idaho salmon. They they use that they use Central Idaho. Um, uh, as you know, spawning and rearing grounds, but of course, this is a shared resource that includes uh, Oregon, Washington, um, coastal communities, all the way up into Alaska. Uh, but but I think uh, fundamentally, the thing that drew them in was the plight of salmon. Uh, salmon in the Snake River Basin are in deep trouble. Uh, salmon and steelhead populations have been in steady decline for many years, and in particular, the last five or six, it's each year has been less. Um, there's a sense of great urgency ecologically. And uh, as you've mentioned, the, uh, you know, the Snake River Basin, uh, Snake River salmon are, are, are a critical prey resource for southern residents during key time of the year, uh, winter months mainly, when other fish populations are not available. And the thing about orcas is that they need food like the rest of us on a year-round basis. Um, and the restoration potential of the, of the Snake River Basin uh, is, is, is the biggest uh, of anywhere on the West Coast. Uh, there's 5,000 miles of high quality, largely high elevation, uh, uh, protected habitat uh, that historically produced millions of salmon um, and today, you know, produces tens of thousands. Um, the scientists tell us the restoration potential uh, of the of the of the Snake River Basin, you know, could generate as, as, as in good years as many as a million 
uh, 1.1 million Snake River uh, Spring Chinook. Uh, and that's in particular, that's of particular interest to the, the southern resident orcas because those fish are returning to the mouth of the Columbia River, staging in the coastal waters in those winter months before they head up in, in the early, early uh, late winter, early spring. Um, so that, that would be a, you know, those spring Chinook are in short supply across the coast. They've never been very prolific uh, anywhere except in the, in the Columbia snake system. And in the snake system, I think produced half of the spring Chinook of the Columbia Basin historically. So huge potential for salmon recovery and of course benefits that they deliver to orca populations to tribal and non-tribal fishing communities and so forth um when when congressman simpson uh, dove into the issue around okay how do i uh, how can i help restore um and meet the needs of snake river uh, uh fish um idaho's fish um, you know, he realized that it was like so many things in our world connected to all these other pieces, energy, uh, production, uh, agriculture, shipping, uh, tribes. And, um, you know, he and his staff looked for options that could restore fish without uh, removing the lower Snake River dams. Uh, and over time, he came to the conclusion that many others have come to, and in, 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 in with scientists in the lead, that the 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 you know, and, and even the federal agencies in their recent EIS from 2020 recognized that Lower Snake River dam removal would deliver the greatest benefits to endangered uh, Snake River salmon and steelhead populations. Although they chose uh, another path, and that 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 other path is is currently being challenged in court again. Um, and uh, um, so what he started to do was acknowledge that if the dams come out, what, what, what's needed to uh, keep communities whole or bring everyone forward together? And he and his staff have conducted over the last couple of years over 300 meetings and calls with different people, uh, tribal leaders, stakeholder leaders, policymakers, uh, to sort of understand th the issue from their perspective and, and the sorts of things they would need. And over the course of the last couple of years, assembled a this sort of package and approach to uh, solving this big problem um, in a way that is, it, it goes far beyond Snake River salmon, uh, because in some ways I think the congressman realized it had to uh, because of how all these things connect. Uh, salmon connect to energy um, through the federal hydro system. Uh, uh, the transportation system, as you alluded to, you know, sort of one of the key reasons the Snake River dams were built was to provide flat water transportation, uh, bar transportation that primarily serves, uh, you know, some agricultural communities, uh, wheat, wheat farmers and others. Um, uh, it obviously connects to tribes uh, who have been struggling uh, over time as their as salmon populations critical to their economies and culture uh, have, have been in decline. Um, and, and, and what, what he's done is assemble a, a sort of robust, comprehensive approach that seeks to uh, make some decisions about think actions that need to happen on the ground and provide resources, uh, money, um, to, to invest in community infrastructure 
uh, and salmon restoration projects, uh, energy production um, uh, that would have a sort of positive effect across the whole region. Um, some of the key elements, Whitney, um, I'll, I'll try to think of, uh, I'll try to list out in brief. It's not complete. Uh, this package, as proposed, would uh, uh, remove the four lower Snake River dams on a sort of 10-year schedule. Um, um, so by, by, by 2030. Um, in the meantime, it would make a set of investments on the sort of transportation system and the energy system so that um, the, the, I think the, the congressman will argue that, that that sort of time is needed to plan and then implement the, the replacement uh, uh, um, actions in order to be able to remove the dams without disruption to energy supply, to, to transportation options and affordability, uh, those sorts of things. Um, but there's also, you know, I think a $500 million fund for dam removal um, projects around the region where, you know, dam removal, you know, there's sort of political will, but there aren't the funds. Uh, so that's that's a big opportunity for a set of you know outdated um, uh, dams that are causing problems. Uh, there's 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 support for removal, but there aren't the funds. Um, there's also um, you know uh, I think it's 125 million dollars that have been uh, uh, allocated for that would that would be used on the Washington coast to invest in. Uh, salmon and river and watershed uh, protection and restoration efforts, and another $600 million targeted to the Salish Sea uh, watersheds, salmon re protection restoration efforts. So, you know, it, 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 while a lot of attention has been focused on this element of the plan that would remove the Lower Snake River dams and, and replace their services, this is really a region-wide approach. Um, with with important implications for the economy, infrastructure, communities, jobs, uh, environment uh, across the region. Uh, and yeah, I think that's one of the important, I think, things I want to communicate to help people understand that um, this is a, you know, a much bigger project than, than the Lower Snake, although that's a critical element of it. I think Lower Snake budgeting, Lower Snake dam removal budgeting is $1.4 billion. It's probably more than it would actually cost based on uh, you know, recent uh, uh, estimates. Um, but, but, but this is a $33 billion proposal, so it, it, it sort of helps people get a sense of the fact there's a lot more in here uh, than, than, quote, dam removal. And the other, the other the other thing I want to focus on because of its importance to the region, uh, its economy and, and, and communities is there's a there's a th I think it's ten billion dollars that's currently set aside for energy system investments. Uh, and and I'll, I'll just emphasize this 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 goes far beyond energy replacement. Um, of the Lower Snake River dams, um, but this provides a huge opportunity to uh, invest in our energy system in, in the Northwest to increase reliability, to increase cleanliness, and to increase affordability, um, and to help modernize in, uh, the, the, our energy system and, and position it for the challenges of which there are plenty uh, we face in, in, in the next few decades. Um, and, and so um, 
it's 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 a big chunk of change. You know, there's there's a um, uh, um, you know there is I- I- expectations that a big infrastructure bill will move forward in Congress in 2021, um, and it's the hope of folks that are supporting this concept. Um, uh, apart from every detail, which I want to turn to uh, uh, here in a moment, um, that that this package, refined and improved, uh, could be included in in um, uh, in an infrastructure package. It's going to be considerably big, bigger, you know, on the order of you know estimates suggest two to three trillion dollars. Um, uh, for nationwide investments in, in in infrastructure, of course, the you know the previous administration promised an infrastructure package for four years and, and never acted on it. And in in coming out of the, the hopefully we're coming out of the sort of COVID economy and, and the pandemic and all of the disruption and heartbreak associated with that, I think a lot of folks on both sides of the aisle r- realize there's a huge need and opportunity here to um, you know help get our uh, communities and economy back on track with a, with a, and address real needs uh, you know sort of infrastructure investments and backlogs um, um, so uh, if it, it I, what I'll what I want to do now is sort of shift to I think the last part of your question which are where, what are some of the the, the challenges or problems in in this package and it is important to recognize you know this package was served up you know by a uh, Republican congressman, you know, shouldn't surprise folks, uh, especially if you're not, you know, particularly you're not Republican, uh, that that there might be some uh, some problems or 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 things you would disagree with. It's a big proposal, um, and you know, from I think from the perspective of a lot of folks that we're working with, there there are you know there are some uh, uh, sort of bitter pills that have been included in this that are, are, are designed to, you know, sort of, you know, bring the region together and, and meet some needs of other constituencies. Um, I will say before getting into a couple of, of sort of examples that I do think that if these kinds of packages or proposals, um, you know, deliver a set of benefits, um, you know, to different uh, stakeholder groups and and interests and 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 um, uh, you know tribal communities, uh, and it also includes some sort of pain all the way around. So there's there's a sense of shared benefits and shared pain that at some level I think you know is is needs to be part of this package in order for it to hold together and move forward. Um, uh, having said that, there's a couple of particular pieces that I think that that in the salmon orca conservation uh, community uh, and i think by on the part of some policymakers uh, is is you know certainly causing consternation and concern and there's a sense uh, on the part of many that, that they'll need to be uh, a- adjusted or adapted or or um, um, you know sort of reduced um, uh, in order for this to move forward and have the support it's going to need, it's going to require. Um, uh, two examples of that. One is there's a provision for uh, for a certain class of dams. I think it's all all private dams in the Columbia Basin in excess of uh, that generate more than five megawatts of energy a year. Um, um, uh, they they're 
FERC licenses, the federal licenses for operations. Private dams need to, to have a license to operate on public on, on waterways that are owned by the nation. Um, and they're subject to relicensing uh, on a schedule that, that this legislation or this concept from the congressman would propose automatic uh, licensed extensions of up to 35 years um, for that, that class of dams in the Columbia Basin. This would provide an opportunity to avoid the kind of scrutiny and updating and modernization that's associated with the relicensing process, which typically comes sort of on 20 to 30 to 40 year timeframes. They're, they're, they're long-term, they're long-term uh, licenses. Uh, and given how quickly things can change, our understanding, public values, and so forth, the the notion of 35-year uh, automatic extensions for these dams, it, it, you know, I think that's a cause for concern on on, on uh, uh, for 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 folks in our community and others. Uh, it's obviously something that the owners of private dams uh, think pretty highly about. So, um, I, having said that, I do think there's uh, there's a conversation there. I think from from the perspective of Save Our Wild Salmon and in our member groups, these are the kinds of things that, while they're um, uh, you know we don't support, uh, our community is ready to engage and work with. The other stakeholders work with policymakers to figure out how um, this, uh, a, you know, we, you know, how to refine this and 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 and, and make it, you know, I think, uh, uh, you know, as as good as it can be, um, uh, but but at the same time, not provide such a long timeline or maybe so many uh, projects in the basin. Uh, uh, eligible for this kind of extension, uh, but but again, you know that's one of the problems. We want to we 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 understand that that there's probably something along those lines that needs to be part of this package. But we want to sort of have that conversation um, with others to to figure out uh, w- what we could all live with. Um, another one is a, a a litigation moratorium, a ban on litigation around salmon and dams. Um, in the Columbia Basin um, uh, on federal dams. So this is the non-private dams that aren't subject to licenses um, that have been the target of a lot of litigation uh, by SOS member groups, Nez Perce Tribe, State of Oregon, and others for, for many decades. One of the congressman's objectives is, I think the, the term he uses, sort of bring an end to the salmon wars. Um, and, and, and this is a uh, provision that it would be favored by a bunch of interests to reduce the opportunity for um, uh, uh, you know, litigation and challenges moving forward. Um, uh, once again, here it's a 35-year um, moratorium uh, on, I think, all uh, public dams on the in the Columbia Basin. Um, and once again, you know, we're we understand the 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 interest some folks have to have this kind of provision. We feel like that. Um, uh, you know that that timeline and the coverage across the whole basin uh, is probably too broad, uh, but you know we're 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 sort of ready and willing to have that conversation to work with others and, and find a way forward that is um, uh, that that we all can live with. Um, uh, one thing I'll I'll sort of sort of say and then and then and take a pause, Whitney is. 
you know, I think one of the as I've sat with this bill, this this um, this legislative concept, it's not a bill. Uh, I think the congressman's intention uh, is to uh, uh, find some partners in the region in Congress who can, uh, you know, help inform and shape this. And and then, uh, you know, ideally it's introduced into Congress in 2021 uh, and is able to move forward with bipartisan support. Um, but the more I've sat with this uh, proposal, the more sort of visionary I've, I've, I've come to recognize. It's bold, it's ambitious, it is responding to 30 or more years of conflict and cost and loss and pain. Um, uh, you know, that, that, that is, you know, with salmon and the communities that rely on salmon at its heart and, and then those sectors, transportation and energy that link to it. it you know, what the congressman's really doing is incentivizing the region uh, on, a, on some core elements of the region's sort of personality, economy, culture, environment to collaborate and work together and carry each other's water um, it won't eliminate conflict, um, but 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 it will reduce it substantially. And, and the provision of resources, $33 billion, um, provides a lot of, I think, assistance and incentives for people working together on a set of solutions. Um, you know, when I think of the Pacific Northwest, I think of agriculture, I think of salmon, I think of, you know, clean energy. I think of tribal communities and fishing communities. Um, uh, and, and this proposal, you know, is in, in, in that respect, is, it, is, is, is sort of targeting uh, in, in bringing those different, you know, core communities or elements of, of our region together uh, and saying, let's figure this out. Let's work together. And I think that's the opportunity. Uh, it really has the potential for long term, uh, uh, you know, sort of culture changing um, uh, implications. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm certainly hopeful that the, 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 our members of Congress in Washington State and, and Oregon and elsewhere can work together with uh, the congressmen and others. Um, to find a way forward and seize this opportunity, which, which you know, there's a window of opportunity here that won't last forever. Um, right now, you know, the Northwest is 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 as powerful as it's been in in, in a long time. Um, Senator Murray, um, Senator Cantwell, Senator Wyden, you know, are all leading. Um, important committees. Uh, Peter DeFazio is, I think, chair of transportation and infrastructure in Oregon. Uh, you know, he's in Oregon, but but in, in congressional congressional committee. Um, uh, we have a real opportunity today to to address a set of problems, meet a set of needs. And um, um, uh, it's going to take Congress leaning in to do that. Certainly visionary is the word that comes to mind when I, you know, think about these sorts of changes. You know, one quote that really struck um, with, with me was from Congressman, Congressman Mike Simpson, and he says, I want people to think about not what exists now, but right. we want the Pacific Northwest to look like in 20, 30, 50 years from now. Everything we do on the Columbia and Snake Rivers, we can do differently Salmon don't have that option. They need a river. 
a lot of the chatter that I'm hearing already from some orca and salmon advocates is that, you know, this timeline, even though it's ambitious, that, you know, removing the Snake River dams by 2030 is not going to be done in time, that it will be too late. What is your perspective on that? You know, is there enough time to save these fish? Um, uh, I think there's I think I, th- I think there's great urgency to act. Um, I, I think that part of the conversation that our region needs to have, first of all, we've got to get uh, a, a, a clear commitment from our, uh, you know, other members of Congress beyond uh, Mr. Simpson. Um, so uh, for folks in Washington, for example, Senator Murray and Senator Campbell, we've got to get a commitment from them to work with others in the region to seize this opportunity to move it forward. Um, uh, that's the first thing we need to do. And so in, in that regard, Whitney, I would encourage all of listeners to uh, contact these offices uh, and then and then uh, reach out to their networks uh, and do the same. Um, uh, that's the first thing we've got to do, and and uh, I think there's great urgency there. There's also to, to the question you just asked. Um, uh, you know, there is ur- there there are various urgencies uh, uh, facing the region around this set of issues. And, and one of them, of course, is the biological or ecological urgency facing salmon and facing orcas. Um, I, I think that one of the, th- uh, you know, I think that, that, that if the region comes together and commits to this approach, that we can, uh, one of the things that we could do is set up a more, a more accelerated timeline, not by, you know, uh, eight years, but it could be reduced from, you know, nine or ten years to, uh, you know, perhaps five or six. Uh, I can't say for sure. I don't think anyone can say for sure that there's some. We just don't know how things are going to play out over the next few years uh, as to whether, you know, a, some, you know, whether three years or five years or eight years is too little or too much uh, time for the salmon or the orcas. Um, but I will say that, that what we all can acknowledge and embrace is that there is great urgency, there is uncertainty, and you know, 2021 is the time to act uh, and set in motion uh, the kinds of uh, the kinds of uh, uh, elements that that, uh, that 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 Mr. Simpson has served up. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I, I can't uh, I, what I what I don't want to do, Whitney, I, mean, I guess I'm dodging here a bit. I don't want to suggest that there isn't time. I don't want to suggest that, oh, we've got plenty of time. Um, I think we all acknowledge there's great urgency. This is a tremendous opportunity. Uh, and, um, you know, let's seize it and uh, and, and engage the conversation and, 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 and sort of secure the political will in the region. And then we can work forward on, on, on details. I mean, I think there are ways of refining various elements of this 
to provide some uh, opportunities for faster timelines or, um, uh, you know, if we if we can get those transportation and energy uh, transition investments implemented more quickly, um, you know, maybe we're in a, a better position to, to move more, move forward more quickly on on the, um, uh, um, you know, on, on, on actual, you know, decommissioning and removal of, of or, or breaching of the lower Snake River dams. But, but, you know, this is, this is an opportunity we can't miss. And if, you know, I, I just, I, you know, we, to, to not seize this opportunity risks closing a window, a political window of opportunity that's before us right now that, that, you know, there's uncertainty might not might not open again for a long time and 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 i think we all know uh at some level what 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 that you know is likely to mean for for the both orca and salmon and and frankly you know tribal communities that that which salmon and orca are sort of at the heart of their communities and culture um that's a really important element here and um issues around tribal justice and righting historic wrongs um and i i, I think that yeah, you know, should serve to to inspire both the public in the region and and I hope our, our members of Congress too. You mentioned to our listeners that now would be a great time to start reaching out to their elected officials. Do you have any sense of how this proposal is landing and is being considered among you know, Murray Cantwell and others? Um, you know, I think everyone's taken notice of it. Uh, it's a big proposal. Um, and you know, uh, it took, it took a f- quite a few months for the congressman to assemble the pieces, uh, and, um, um, and then, and then share it out. So I think in, in part, there's a, um, there's some time that's being taken that was released three weeks ago, uh, I think on February 6th, um, to understand its dimensions and implications, um, the uh, you know I, I think there's some there's there's some interest there's a number of statements that um, were issued from uh, Governor Inslee, uh, Congressman Kilmer, uh, the the four senators of Oregon and Washington, um, you know expressed an openness. Um, uh, uh, so I think there's some openness and opportunity right now. Uh, what we haven't yet seen is the uh, the embrace. Uh, and, uh, you know, the reaching across the aisle to engage the conversation and say, you know, uh, I, you know these are some things that, that have a lot of value. These are some things that need to be adjusted. That's what we've got to get going right now. And um, I think um, uh, we haven't seen that kind of engagement. We're going to need to see it on the part of our members of Congress in order for this to move forward. And that just encourages me to return to the, the call to action. Um, uh, there is openness here. There is opportunity here. Um, and, the, the, and our Congress people, our senators need to feel support and pressure and heat to, to engage and seize this opportunity. So, um, uh, that's, 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 I think is sort of a top priority right now in terms of, of seizing this opportunity. So for everyone out there that's listening today, what call to action do you have for them? What do they need to be doing at home during quarantine, <laughs> waiting out this coronavirus? What, uh, what, what can you point them to and, and get them moving? 
Well, I would encourage uh, uh, folks to visit our website, um, wildsalmon.org. Uh, we have an alerts page, uh, links there, um, that can give you, you know, the tools to, to, to at least send an email. I, I think that, you know, um, you know, people should make phone calls and, and people should reach out to their networks and, and, uh, family and friends and others and encourage them to, you know, sort of contact their house number. Uh, and contact if you're in Washington and, and, and your your senators Murray and Cantwell and and obviously you've got listeners from outside of Washington State. Uh, you know I think of particular importance right now are the the members of Congress in the Northwest states, uh, Montana, Idaho, Washington, Oregon, and, and honestly Alaska. Um, and and I think that the, that's the that's the, those are the people that need to hear from. Uh, organizations, businesses, individual citizens, and so forth. Um, uh, I think the message is this is a, uh, you know, Mr. Simpson's proposal, um, you know, provides a tremendous opportunity for a lot of problem solving and investments in our region uh, and importantly restoring salmon and a food supply for southern resident orcas. And, you know, we want and expect you to, uh, uh, engage and seize this opportunity and, and, and move it forward. Even if, you know, some of the details and, um, provisions need the adjustment, they do. Um, and, and, you know, it's not, it shouldn't surprise anyone that a congressman from Idaho didn't quite get, uh, everything right for the states of Washington or Oregon. And that's where we need that kind of engagement to, to make sure it, it, it works as well as it can for Washington and moves forward. Um, um, uh, so, uh, you know, so call, write, um, and, and reach out to your networks. Um, and, and, and really, you know, we've got to, we've got to, we've got to put pressure on, uh, our decision makers to seize this, this really sort of once in a generation opportunity. I noticed on your website that you have a upcoming, uh, spring wild salmon webinar series. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Sure. And, and I will add that there we also have set up, it's not linked on the homepage, I don't think, but there's a Save Our Wild Salmon uh, uh, resource page for the proposal that Mr. Simpson's put forward with quotes from different elected officials, um, press coverage that's occurring, um, uh, statements that have been made by a, a, a set of tribes across the region in support of this uh, opportunity, and, and that's a good place for people to visit Save Our Wild Salmon, you know, resource page. Um, we also have a, a pretty exciting spring webinar series that um, uh, is uh, kicking off on March 18th, uh, and then uh, every two weeks afterwards, March 18th is a Thursday. I think it's from 6 until uh, 7.30. The first of the series is a, a sort of conversation with three of the Northwest, I think, um, you know, sort of premier uh, reporters um, from Idaho uh, and, and Washington, Linda Mapes from the Seattle Times, who of course has covered natural resource, salmon recovery, orca, 
tribal issues for decades and has done an outstanding job. But also Eric Barker from the Lewiston Morning Tribune. Um, you know, he lives in Lewiston, uh, has worked that that beat for uh, a, a couple of decades. Uh, and then Rocky Barker, who is uh, from the Idaho Statesman, uh, he's sort of transitioning into retirement. All three of these reporters have, you know, sort of interesting perspectives from their, uh, you know, corners of the Northwest, but also, you know, have have dived deeply into this suite of issues uh, for many years, and I think it's going to be an excellent conversation. Um, so, so you know, you can you can go online in the next couple of days and and uh, be able to RSVP. Uh, we've also got. Um, uh, a presentation two weeks afterwards on April 1st about a, a big project that Save Our Wild Salmon has been uh, leading in in the last couple of years, led by our Inland Northwest director, uh, Sam Mace, uh, called the Snake River Vision Project, which is a project designed to help people think about uh, what a restored river could mean, could look like the, the types of opportunities it presents for local communities. Um, um, and and that will uh, that will that will uh, feature a couple of speakers from um, uh, you know the area that, that that Sam has been working with um, to talk about the dimensions of that project and then and then finally and, and more briefly we've got a, a dam removal success stories webinar with a couple of speakers yet to be determined uh, who are talking about. You know, you know, sort of reflecting on successful dam removal projects over uh, the last several decades and, you know, lessons learned for restoring rivers uh, that, 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 are, that are still ahead, including the snake, but, but other rivers as well. So I think, yeah, we're pretty excited about it and, and encourage everyone to RSVP. They're, they're of course, free uh, hour and a half in the evenings, Thursday evening and, 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 and in the next couple of months, March and April. Wonderful. Thank you so much for sharing all that with us and for breaking down what this proposal means and, and what's there. So I just want to thank you so much for your time coming on and sharing today. Again, the website, wildsalmon.org. And for more, you can go up to whalescout.org to view other podcasts. Again, we are now on YouTube. We have a YouTube channel. You can subscribe there. Uh, we are also on iTunes and wherever else you get your, um, your podcast. Thank you so much for listening today. Whitney, thanks for uh, uh, hosting this. Thanks for uh, bringing me on. And thanks to all your listeners for their interest and their time and, and all they're doing to uh, uh, make the Northwest a better place. Thank you so much. Take care.